Marketing is about value. This is a very complicated world. It's a very noisy world. And we're not going to get a chance to get people to remember much about us. No company is. And so we have to be really clear on what we want them to know about us. So nobody so far has left us a question on Spotify, which is great. No, just as you, you say, and me as a, as a joke. <laughs> That's good. But uh, obviously, the um, like you say, it's not really a dumb behavior. So here's a test for every listener right now. On your phone, go to onlinequestions.org and then in the box type 27108. That's 27108. <laughs> Send us a message. Completely anonymous. Ask us a question. Actually, what's more fun? Tell us something you don't like or insult us. Send us an insult. <laughs> we won't know who it's from. And then we read out the best ones in the next <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> That's not a joke, do it. Yeah. Just do it. We, we love some more interactions. Feels like we're talking into the void. So who are we talking to today, yo? <laughs> we're talking to uh, G-Day, um, who is uh, an agency owner, uh, more precisely an agency on the topic of uh, TikTok. It's a TikTok agency for uh, all sorts of content, influencer content, paid organic content. I think they're doing a lot, but we'll ask him. And I, uh, yeah, I met him a few years ago, I think four or five years ago. Uh, so we're going to talk about that as well. But yeah, we're basically going to, dive into the world of uh, TikTok as a channel, mostly. Um, yeah, geek around that. See uh, see what's the latest and greatest. And, you know, hopefully people will get a few insights from it uh, to take home. Let's do it. G-Day. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. Sorry about the link. Because I always carry these mics, like, everywhere I go. Because i got two mics. i got one that I have like a proper pod set up in my house. Yeah. And then after I got um, these for like when I'm vlogging and stuff. That's nice. It sounds really good. Mm. Content creator, always prepared. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be like you guys. I'm trying to be like you guys. <laughs> Man, there's nothing prepared about this. We're <laughs> <laughs> well, so freestyle. So freestyle. Well, thank you, for, thank you for joining us, G-Day. It's really nice to have you um, in for this episode. Um, we have slightly less time than we said we would. So if you have to jump out at some point at the end of the hour, just let us know as well. Are you okay with time or is it time? Yeah, I'm okay till quarter past, which is fine. Okay. Cool. Cool. Nice. Um, I, we did a little intro while we uh, were waiting uh, already, but it would be nice to hear a little bit from you directly. Uh, who you are, where you calling from? Like <laughs> <laughs> a radio show. No, but um, no, but yeah, no, like just do a little intro from you, and that'll be nice, and we'll, we'll get from there. Yeah, cool. So, um, obviously, my name's Jide Madawaka. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO at Yoke Network. So, at Yoke, we essentially help mobile advertisers, and now, um, more than just mobile advertisers, to grow through creator-led content. So um, we do that in the format of we have a self-service platform, we have um, uh, agency side of the business and um, an influencer app. So if you're an influencer, you could just jump on 
and then get paid to make content. So yeah, that's that's a bit about what the business. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, last time we met, you mentioned a self service influencer app, but I don't know if it was launched yet. So that's cool. Good to yeah. hear that uh, it's, it's it's evolving, and we um we met when when did we meet the first time four five years ago four, four yeah years we ago, met a while ago i was trying to get mm. you guys at depop yeah yeah it was uh it don't it, it was a battle even for me internally it was uh it was it was a battle the the uh the context briefly for that was that we i think i told you this back then but we we were like one of the first if not the first advertisers to do ads on the on the platform in the uk in like very early 2019 i think it was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and and um i was curious to like develop it and like lo- look into the influencer side of things working with creator already and uh, that's how i uh, we found each other yeah, yeah, a yeah few yeah, meetings yeah. and uh it didn't go didn't go uh, very far um but i i fought i fought a lot internally to try and get somewhere with the with this it was it was out it was out like even some even a company like depop was uh thinking about tiktok in a very uh weird way uh yeah at least uh in the it was um it was a different time anyway because i think even now you only see the real adoption of the platform and everybody's kind of actually approaching it the way that it should be and being able to innovate but still even two years ago like everyone still thought of social the same way they thought of um instagram like it was still about that how kind of fake that um things were and it wasn't as authentic and um it was like very brand guidelines and you still have your legal um problems like when you're working or bureaucracy when you're working with um, partners now but it makes sense anyway. It's, I managed to get a friend out of it, so it was good. <laughs> nice. Oh, you guys are yeah. so nice. On that point, Gida, do you find that um, brands are just becoming way more accepting of just having content that's just not with brand guidelines at all on platforms like TikTok? Well, what I think is that um, brands now have gone, I wouldn't say completely to the other side because it's still very early. But what brands are doing is now they're trying to chase trends and they're trying to be too cool. Mm. So I see some brands that are trying to be too cool and it's like, um, I think there's always value in eyeballs, but it's also like, how do you curate a story? And like, if you see the features on TikTok now where they're trying to have it like longer form in terms of one minute plus videos, then you can do 10 minute videos on the platform. I think for a lot of brands, the key thing is that it's like, how do you curate your story? instead of just being trendy, you know, mm. uh, I think that that's important. Interesting. Yeah. You want people to be looking, but you don't want people to be cringing. Right. So that's the, that's the, mm. the balance yeah. that you got to do. Yeah, for sure. Cause like I was, I was listening to a podcast recently um, and they'll talk about David Ogilvy and then he was talking about, I think it's either Rolls Royce or Bentley as a case study. And um, what he did is that he read through um, the actual book and the manual for the car. And he found out that, um, when you drive at 50 miles an hour, that um, the actual car, the only thing that you can hear in it is the clock ticking on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. And then you use that in the advertising campaign. And what you realize is that um, to everybody and to every brand, 
your business is very mundane to you. It's, it's run the mill stuff. But even if you guys like for what you're doing with marketing, if you're about if you were to talk about it um, in and tell the story of your personal story, then that's something that's interested. I'm interested. So I think it's all about curating your own personal experience and then tailoring that to your audience. And that's where the big opportunity is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a very good example. The other example that I always have in mind when it comes to, especially when it comes to TikTok, is um, the Duolingo case study. You know, like yeah. it's like everywhere, and like that team and the the the, the people behind that change um, in like kind of strategy and using the owl and stuff. Like, is yeah. now everyone is trying to have their own owl, and it's like that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. It's like if it's not part of who you are, it's not going to work. Like, find your find your um ogilvy example basically you know what's the what's the detail in your company in your story that will make it stand out uh, not just replicate yeah for sure i think um the key thing it boils down to is that a lot of advertisers need to remember also that when you hear a case study the moment's probably gone so like you know you need to be forward thinking not just based on like what you've heard, but then say, mm-hmm. okay, this is what they've done. How do we do it a bit differently? For our yeah. yeah, definitely. Exactly. I mean, you don't want to be, um, the, the weirdest thing I've seen recently and I'm behind the curve on TikTok for sure, but the, uh, the NPCs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When are yeah. we going to see the, when are we going to see like Sainsbury's doing their, <laughs> okay. oh, I think it would work. I think it would work, you know, walking through the shop doing like, uh, picking up stuff and actually that, that's a good that, shout that is a good idea actually I it would work like um so so i think yeah the tiktok is a it's an interesting platform because mm. there's um, so many subcultures on it mm. so and, and i the way that i look at it is that it's so early on even now because the ads platforms like uh two and a half three years old so now you're seeing they just launched tiktok shop in the us um mm-hmm. and that as an e-commerce function just um for for um the us alone which is one of the biggest consumer markets in the world is going to be crazy um and they they have stuff like live that they haven't really cracked yet um there's so many advertiser functions and like tiktok now they're focused a lot on signaling in this this year so they're just trying to be able to track and get as much data for everybody Mm -hmm. which rightly or wrongly but it's going to help advertisers because when you can attribute and track and understand who's actually and how to target the audience better, it's going to be an even more powerful function. So um, it's, it's still really early on, I think. Just Yeah, definitely. We were to, in the last episode that we put out, um, we chatted with Aaron and he was saying, we just got onto the subject of Twitter or X's advertising product being like terrible and doesn't, they just copied Facebook and not doing their own thing. Whereas the other end of that spectrum, I feel like is, TikTok where it's like so unique there's so many unique elements that they've thrown in there it's getting to the point now where you you go in you like don't use it for a few months and you open it and you're like what the hell I don't understand any of this anymore but it's great and shopping so for people that don't know and myself included I I don't know if this is true or not TikTok shop is that you can just have put your own inventory on there and you can just sell directly through it just like setting up a a store is that right yeah yeah so the way that TikTok shop works uh, is essentially as a vendor um, there's there's actually two sides. There's as a creator, which as a creator, you can create content and then get paid a commission. But then as a vendor, you can list your own stock and your um, uh, own uh, SQ, S, what is it? SKU. 
um, SKUs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can list your own SKUs um, on the on the platform, and then creators can advertising and, and get paid um... a commission. Um, and the, and the good thing about it is that obviously it's kind of like affiliate, but uh, you can get scale with it. And if something organically goes viral, then you can there's like really good um, margins to be made because you you don't have to pay as much in advertising anyway. Mm, and it's also yeah. very authentic. Well, it's as authentic as it can be because it's a human pushing your product. Mm. That's yeah. really interesting. I love that That's model. really cool. And that, that might be um, the way uh, TikTok changed the perception of m most advertisers thinking that TikTok is not a conversion platform. Mm, well, in yeah. fact, it is already, but yeah. they need a few more tools to prove that it is the same way yeah. Meta has become like any any part of the funnel could be a meta ad and convert people to do whatever you wanted them to do and yeah. they, they became really really good at this i think there's a lot of like perception that is to change on tiktok still to yeah. make it um more like a conversion base so yeah if they if that's directly trackable to a, a skew that you put uh in any shop uh that would be great yeah. that'd be great that's cool Really cool. Mm. What's happening in the in the live um, category? Is it a bit of the same? Like you can put your products and sell them as you. On yeah. Video. So with live, you could do the same thing. Live came before even um, kind of the TikTok uh, commission side of things for the creators. So live has been there for a while, and it's just that um, you're seeing. I even saw a case study of um, there's this Chinese company that created like an AI a digital um, virtual yeah, person that. and. Yeah. I think it's like a thousand dollars that it costs to create the the AI um, being, and then it made like sixteen hundred dollars in an hour just like on the live shopping, and it's twenty four seven. So it's like I think live can be done in many ways, like with AI, um, obviously with these these bots, but then soon, um, or then on the other side of things, there's actually creators as well who can can monetize yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. The the the, the, li the life part is mad because like I've seen, and I'm sure you guys seen that too. Like some like um, live studio farms in China, yeah. and, like other places where like you've got real people, but it's almost like a, yeah, it's a factory of people yeah. selling fake sneakers and whatever. Like yeah. the ones I see always on my feed is like they're trying to sell me like uh, Yeezys <laughs> and Jordan, yeah, you know? And I'm just like, I know they're fake because the price is really low, but they, but I don't know. Like people, there's like thousands of people on these lives and there's like comments and the bits that I don't understand is all the the, the arts and the bubbles and the gifts and all that shit. Like yeah, I, exactly, I don't get yeah. that part, but I know that you're paying for like, you need to use coins for those and you get access when you're like, whatever. But yeah, the 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 live buy is mad. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. What's that app? Um, I'm just trying to find it here, but I don't know if I'm finding the right one. My brother will shame me. It could is where people like open Pokemon card packs and stuff. And like, oh, sell I didn't even know that there was an app for that. It's but... crazy. It's like any. I, I don't think it started out as Pokemon cards, but it's just blown up for some reason. Pokemon cards are now big again. But it's, you go to it, and it's like really nicely. The setups are really nice. The cameras set up really nicely. They've got all the stuff like Yo was saying, like the emojis and stuff popping off. But then they open the packs and they like fan through. And if you see one you like, you just buy it straight away out of their hand and they like send it off to you. It's wow. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so live crazy. shopping is like QVC on TV was like, no one does that shit anymore. But now all of a sudden we've come full circle. Yeah. People want to be doing live, sh live shopping. Yeah, it's massive in China. That's the thing. Like mm. um, 
if you look at bike dance over there they've just absolutely killed it so that's why i look at TikTok and i just think of it as a as a crazy behemoth that's coming over to us because it's not as though it's actually a start what it actually is is that it's a um it's a expansion geographic geographical expansion of bike dance you know mm, so yeah. everything they're doing is proven already so it's just coming over here and they need to optimize it for our market but they have enough cash to 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 get it right you know for sure mm. for sure um have you seen just going back into like um what you see from your agency and the clients you the brands you work with like have you seen any a good example of live not necessarily live shopping but live being used by brands to generate some sort of like engagement or traction that's actually a good question um mm. i think none come to my mind immediately yeah but i've had thoughts of how it could be executed well mm. um main reason being because we've done it a lot from the we did it from the creator side and i even tested some stuff myself but um i think with live as a brand you got to think about um not just like you you want to retain the users because they're, mm. they're gonna build affinity um with you through the live so i think it depends on the kpi because yeah. if you're using live for just immediately like um conversion that wouldn't i don't think that that's going to be like a direct response thing i think yeah. what you want to do is you want to build up the the audience to build up the relationship with your audience through live and use it as probably a re-engagement funnel or use it as a way to um as a soft touch point for your audience mm -hmm. because if you're burberry and you're going live and you're showing your latest um collection or your latest collabs you know um or you have burberry and it's like michael b jordan doing something on live like that's something that the yeah. audience is already there and they want to engage mm -hmm. and then from that you could then say all right well maybe we'd have live shows that are focused on engagement then as you grow it you have live shows that are focused on conversion you know mm. um but i think a lot of brands what happens is that they forget that with marketing especially when it's a new channel a new product that they try and rush in for the sale and that yeah. makes sense because of the time that we're in in terms of you need to get roi mm. and you're delegating your time and your team but um i mm. think if you're if you have if you're a big enough company to have a brand focus then you can use live as a way to um, engage your community and yeah. and then have it as a way to convert so yeah that's a good uh, yeah that's a good point um i i also never saw brand doing like maybe besides fashion maybe I've, maybe i've seen like the um, you know louis vuitton live show and they put it live on TikTok as well as it's happening on they do it on mm. YouTube and stuff. But um the only on the only other things that comes to mind, uh, and it, it's dating back to when I was at Delivo and when Facebook launched Facebook Live. I, I think we were doing I don't don't think we were doing uh free meal on a bench, on a random bench in the UK, in London, and you had to like, the camera was filmed, uh, nice. filming the food until uh, two people would sit down and eat the food, like for free, basically. It was like a, yeah, a yeah. giveaway, location-based, find the food and it's for free, like it's burgers or whatever. And um, it, I always think about that kind of thing, like how can you get people to watch something random happening on screen? Like, I don't know, um, 
there's some live actually on TikTok that are not from brands, but are quite interesting. Like, uh, um, yeah. also a bit weird. Watch me sleep. Watch me work. <laughs> and they have like you know the yeah, they, nothing's happening, but people are just here. Uh, watch the ice melt. Yeah, it's like you know, can you can you guess when the ice is gonna be fully melted or what? There's some random shit like that. Um, yeah, that could be interesting for some brands, some verticals, like just some engagement. Um, it's that, crazy. That would be. Watch. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was gonna say. Um, I think that 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 would be good for like a drinks brand, for like um, for like the ice melting. And I and I think with live, if you're a brand, the, the best way to probably get it right is to just gamify it. Like whatever your pro, mm. whatever your product is, gamify something around that, mm. and then um, you're on your way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, something like quick to a website, uh, guess something, and enter your email address. You might get like tens of thousands of email address from one live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you seen those uh, that um, business called Flown? And they do the live accountability sessions. So basically, if you want to do deep, like some deep work, but you just keep getting distracted, then you oh. pay a subscription and you all join a Zoom at the same time and you all have your camera on. So you can like call each other out. You're like, you'll stop working, like get your put your phone down. Oh. And people love it. It's like, it's growing like crazy. That You know, that sounds like the complete opposite to the productivity. You know, <laughs> to it, being it, focused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it makes sense. It's like one of those things. It makes so much sense in theory. And then I'm just like, wouldn't you just end up just watching everybody else? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I wonder it's how crazy. that works. Yeah. I wonder yeah, if, it's, if it's actually working like successful. Who knows? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen quite a lot of press about it, but you never know. It's crazy. I mean, what an easy business, right? You just get, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You just get a Zoom. Everyone gets on a Zoom and you're earning money for them just sitting there doing nothing. That's <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. Um, go for go for it, Jake. Did you have a question? No, I was just going to say, Yoke is because it's like a marketplace, right? So you have to, yeah. when you started that up, you need to find not only the um, the brands, but also the talent as well. How did yeah. you approach that challenge at kind of chicken and egg? Um, so when we first started up, we basically, um, it was me just doing outreach, like DMing, emails, like just the dog work at the beginning. And the reason being is because at the end of the day, no one's going to trust you um, immediately. Mm. But fortunately, when we actually started on TikTok, so back in, like, our first campaign on TikTok was on June 2019. Um, so back then, views, we would DM or would email creators who are getting millions of views and they'll, we'll say how much for a post and they'll say, like, $50, you know? <laughs> and it was like... Like legit, it was like crazy because we were coming off of Instagram where we'll DM or speak to people who were getting like 4K views on their story. And I would say, yeah, that's like 5,000 pounds, you know, for a post. <laughs> and on TikTok and it's like $50. And we were just like, this is crazy. So we had a huge adoption and, um, mm -hmm. and at the beginning. And a lot of those creators have now either scaled into being like some of the biggest creators on the platform. Like some of them have, tens of millions and like it's funny because you you've seen their growth but then others um who haven't matured in their content they're like now on the ugc side so they're just like look well i just want to get on this content treadmill mm -hmm. so fortunately timing helped us a lot um in the market yeah. and then 
um, as we've evolved as a business, um, we've just been able to kind of leverage that, um, reactivate our database at times, um, and do, and do quite a few different things in terms of like engaging it. But there's there's a there was a like a massive community aspect to it as well because I think at the time there wasn't much competition. So now everybody's trying to say that they could do UGC or work mm. with creators stuff like that which I think is cool because that's how a natural market cycle will go. But for us, um, we, we still have to just improve our offering and, and offer different things. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And so do you differentiate, I'm not sure if I understood when you said that, do you differentiate like content creation from the UGC treadmill work or do you kind of umbrella it all under as UGC? So there's a couple type of ways that um, you break down um, content in terms of working with us. So there's actual posts. So some of our creators will post and then they'll actually give that the Spark Ads link, which is one way. Then other creators will just post that, or they won't even post or just make the content. Right. And then the client will acquire that. Um, mm. Then there's other creators who want to post organically as well. And brands want that. So they're the three main ways, but for us, it, it is kind of a hand um, uh, hand glove um, package because if you think as a brand or, or app, everybody needs something different. Um, mm. So it's about us kind of sitting down and picking the best way to, mm. to leverage creators. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like a like a matchmaking kind of element going on there as well. Yeah, to an extent, because for example, even if you're in the same category as like. Um, another brand or another app, what would happen is that you may be at a different stage of your life cycle. So the requirements for a big fintech company is completely different for uh, a new challenger fintech, you know? So tell me and, about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the way, and, and also it's like the way that you can engage and the legal constraints and the backlash and, and also the team as well. Like some teams, they're a lot more like, look, let's just win by any way. And others are like, we have like some of the biggest investors in in our industry. So legally we're really constrained, you know? Yeah. So, there's, and then also it's like preference in terms of as a marketer, at times you may see something you may, and you know what we're like in marketing, you listen to one podcast, you might listen to this and you're like, yep, I'm changing the whole strategy tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, this works, I heard this. So um, it, it is sometimes, it, a lot of the, the, us as well, is just like the consultant side of like actually saying, this is the best way for you to achieve your goal and leverage that side of things because it's not, it's not a, a one size fits all um, type of problem that we're trying to solve. Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And for those who don't know, Spark Ads on TikTok uh, is uh, when you use someone else's video as your ad. So they come up as the creator's name on the feed, not as your brand. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the equivalent of, what is it called in, on, on Instagram? Whitelisting? They call it yeah. whitelisting or something? Yeah, they, brand they, partnership. Yeah. Like. Brand partnership, yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. Really cool. And, um, I want to go one level, uh, deeper into like what, what makes 
like good content on TikTok right now. What I like about TikTok is that the 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 the, the frontier between paid and organic has completely been yeah yeah. Uh, like a few years ago when TikTok didn't exist, you know the performance team, marketing team, and the brand team were doing completely different stuff. You know, with like a different set of creative, and you know it was even before influencer marketing that was like uh, madness compared to now. Yeah. And now it's very blurred, but like, what is um, like, what do you see right now in this year being like a good a good starting point, even if it's different from everyone? Like, what makes um success? Yeah. Well, um, the way that we look at it, and the way that I just look at it personally, because I'm a, I would say I'm addicted to TikTok in a way that I'm always researching, and you see, I, I've got like thousands of videos downloaded. Um, so the way that you would look at it for me is breaking it down into the visual, um, then the structure and the audio and the levers that you have for, for eat free is that with the visual, it's definitely getting the hook right. Um, which is obvious because at the end of the day, if you can't grab someone's attention, they're not going to watch the rest of your ad or the rest of your content. Yeah. Um, then the structure is like, how are you going to relay the information? So is that going to be like a get ready with me, a day in the life? um a a um point of view like education facts video and then um, finally the audio is so important which i think a lot of advertisers don't realize because depending on the type of audience that you're targeting you want to get the audio right so for example if you're like a sports company and you're targeting a lot of like nba type fans if you were to put country music on that ad or that content it may not resonate as well with the audience yeah. that you're targeting you know so Audio is really important and like, even if you're older, um, targeting like an older female audience, like the pacing of that, um, you might want to slow it down, you know, and it's not as like wham, bam, hit in your face. So I think um, understanding the levers of content and there's so many different layers to it in terms of we broken it down, um, have like a methodology internally, but understanding the layers and then um, coming up with concepts, testing them, and then once you get the data in, even if it's a couple hundred views, then um, if you're not getting that many views or um, look at, or if that's for organic, then look at the hooks. But if you're yeah. not getting that good watch through rate for the ads, look at the hooks, you know, um, and, yeah. and then and they kind of go from there. But it, it does start from like the hooks, the, the audio and, and the type of structure. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, framework. I think looking at uh, TikTok, on a regular basis should give anyone some sort of ideas of like yeah. how do you start a video you know what the, what is the yeah. first phrase and what's on the screen for someone to just not continue scrolling to the next video and um yeah that's, i think that's good that's definitely the most important part you, you mentioned the music the i think the issue with music especially for brands when you're making the content is like uh, branded accounts don't have access to yeah. Uh, a ton of music is there a way around that that maybe we don't know or do you have to stick to what you've been given or maybe working with creator means that they can use anything and then that goes into your ads somehow i don't know what do you what yeah do you think? i think um obviously there's the commercial library at times yeah. some brands even like get their own music created for their ads as well mm. which is cuts costs but obviously yeah. you haven't got that budget i think a lot of the creators themselves um 
by working with them through Spark Ads, there's like a lot of benefits that you could probably gain from mm. that in terms of um, the music library, because like I, I haven't had as many uh, issues with it. And uh, I don't want to, you know, the ones where you're like, I don't want to jinx the or fumble the bag. <laughs> Like, yeah. I would say, like, probably work, t- try working with creators and spark ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likely that you would um, have a lower barrier to entry. Yeah, let's just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't they launch something, uh, TikTok launched something not too long ago where if you're a recording artist, you could, like, somehow piggyback. It was like a program where people could, like, pick your music to having their ad and that was a way of like growing your profile as well yeah 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 i think um i've forgotten the name of that uh it's called like tiktok it's like sound sound on or something like that um, yeah so it sounds right but like with tiktok um yeah what they because tiktok and the music industry are so heavily ingrained and now it's like they can actually kind of generate um revenue together so what you do see is like a lot of um the smaller artists and TikTok do have, um, I haven't, I haven't, like, it's not my side of the business, but I know that they, they do invest and work with artists well, um, to help them grow because then there's a few benefits. Number one, if you're TikTok and you're, you have the power and the platform, you can tell more stories, which will attract more creators, attract more brands. But then obviously if you're a, um, uh, a music label or record label or artist, then it's just another way to grow yourself or your product, you know, mm. and um, and scale it. So I think there is there is uh, opportunities there, but I'm not the, the number one person to answer. Mm. Yeah, it's very cool. I love it that, you know, you've got songs that are charting just off the back of their success going viral on TikTok. <laughs> it's crazy. It? <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, who's that girl? Um, Tyler, there's, there's a new, there's another trend uh that's going on now and even you see i spice for example like i spice literally is blown up like to another level one she's a good artist i think her song even though it's a bit gimmicky i even bop my head to it but (laughs) like um she's blown up uh historically that few years ago like when tiktok first blew up i think lil nas x was one of the first artists to blow up on tiktok Mm. and there's there's a, a, a lot of artists that are um executing tiktok well um, yeah. Even I'll, I'll shout out Jo um, with Twenty Two as well. Um, he's he's another artist that's up and coming and and killing it, um, mainly due to TikTok and and being able to utilize the platform. It's like what you said about um, finding the hooks uh, for any brands, or you know, like it's the same for artists. It's like if you can work on that 20, 10, 20 second hook part of your song and that catches up yeah. on tiktok then you write the rest of the song i've heard, I've heard of that like you just make yeah. a, a portion of it and then you write the verses if the if the the video does well um, yeah yeah you can a lot it's funny because some of my friends in the music industry are like they kind of hate that because they're like it takes yeah, the artistry away from music and like mm-hmm. it makes people instead of focus on creating bodies of work and like the best music is timeless you know but they're like it makes people just focus on creating gimmicks that kind of ruins the industry for the trends yeah for the trends right now yeah no for sure for sure um i think it's like everything else if you're 
the next i don't know i don't want to give the wrong names but um if <laughs> if you're, you're super your ta- if you're super talented you'll rise to the top even without tiktok because your music would be yeah. like so good you know eventually you'll be fine out even if it's at a, a bar in camden somewhere yeah. <laughs> you would hope so but it's mad how much control or not really control but influence they have over yeah, culture in true. like all these different as- yeah. elements of culture that, that maybe one, it's not true one I'd, say, is- I'd say it's like everything you know i think um in every single industry like what we're seeing now is like if you're not building a brand for yourself mm. or thought leadership mm. in some way in your industry. And I think music is just one of the most mature ones where mm. you've seen it in like in front of everyone's eyes that if you're like able to market yourself or position yourself as number one, then you can um, kind of get exponential gains. But I think throughout, yeah. I, I see some crazy stuff on TikTok. Like there's this guy, he, he gets leather he, and then he basically tests, does that leather test to see the quality of leather. And he's got millions of followers on TikTok. And it's like, it's crazy because he's like, he, he gets like Prada bags that are like 2,000 um, pounds. And then what he'll do is that he will cut them up and he will like test the lever. And and it's like, he is someone who's like a craftsman. And yeah. he's probably in his industry, all at the lever trade shows, like everyone's just dapping him up and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you can, it's, it's a powerful tool if you know how to use it right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy when you see someone with a huge following. Um, there's a guy who I don't even know how it, how he came up on my Instagram, but he's called um, um, oh fucking hell, what's his name? Silverback Tarzan or something like that. He's like this 55 year old dude with like he's completely ripped and he does all these like motivational speaking things and he's got like 200,000 followers. That's and um, it's crazy. And then he was at he was um, front row for like. AJ, the AJ fight a few months ago, and after really? the yeah, and after the like Anthony came out of the ring afterwards, and he walked past his gun. He was like, "Hey, I follow you on Instagram," and he like, yeah. it, was, it was crazy. That is <laughs> so mad. It's mad. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. Yeah, I think definitely find your niche. Like even me, I'm trying to push my own narrative and content, like um, on like TikTok and stuff. And I think just finding your niche because like yeah. sometimes it's like we'll sit and won't practice what we preach, but like I definitely um, mm. believe that building your own personal brand long term um, is essentially a recession-proof um, type of uh, yeah. business model. <laughs> recession-proof, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yes, yeah, I, I saw I saw one of your one of your video pop uh, popped off uh, recently, like on the bike. You do a lot of video on bikes now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, you got like yeah. a good one that got like I don't know, two hundred, three hundred thousand views. I guess. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It blew up a bit. It, like to be because me and my friends like were very active. So we we for years like we've been doing like um like we climbed Everest. We've been doing like um uh like oh, wow. ultra marathons, all of this stuff. And then I was like, well, you know what? It's probably worth us just starting to share our document. And my whole life is literally business and fitness. You know, they're, they're like my two passions. So I was like, why don't I just kind of merge it and um, start to just share my opinion? Mm. And and what's happened is that I've actually fallen in love with like content creation, like mm. because it, one, even though it's like me making the content, it leads back to me when I'm advising brands and marketing. I'm like, well, I'm thinking as a creator and the process, but I can also think as yeah. a marketer. So mm. it's like it's just like a merger of like multiple worlds, and um, it's, yeah. it's, it's like it's. 
yeah, it's, it's fun. It's more fun than anything as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. yeah. Especially when you have something to talk about, right? Like when you're building something and you can document it, like it makes it, it makes it, uh, it's very logic. It can, like, it can be addictive, like you, like you said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like what I realize is that I constantly get into conversations with a lot of different people, a lot of um, young people, a lot of older people who are asking me about um, one, not just TikTok, but two, just advice. Like a lot of people yeah. that ask me, oh, what podcast should I listen to? All of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot more people out there that would probably want to hear, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Um, the amount of... Um... The amount of uh, message that we get through this podcast since June is yeah. mental. It just uh, just gone crazy, uh, and it would just it feels like we're just getting started. But it's the same thing. It's like that. Literally two days ago, shout out to my boss Crawford uh, uh, at Nude, who like literally referenced something I said in the podcast, and I was like, "You listen to every episode," and he was like, "Yeah." So now I need to be careful. So like he's listening, <laughs> you know. I need to. Uh, uh shout out to my boss uh but yeah no it's uh it's it's uh it's, it's mad it's mad like it's um it, it definitely like you said like it's it's a uh, um recession proof like it proves like you're in whatever industry you're in if you're documenting it and getting more people in your field to interact with you in uh in 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 that way it makes your reputation uh let's call it that you know grows uh grows a little bit bigger uh, there's it's mad motivating. It's, it's it's like let me give me one let me ask are you, are you coming in here oh fuck one second <laughs> i love the uh you're sitting there and then someone just appears at the glass door and you're looking at each other everyone knows what's going on but you <laughs> you got this you got this room booked <laughs> i'm always like referencing things on this podcast and i can never remember the fucking remember it so i'm doing it such a disservice but it was like only one percent or maybe it was even less than one percent of people post on linkedin so even though you're scrolling it and you're like oh man there's like so everyone's posting about that marketing stuff on linkedin yeah it's, it's like such a tiny amount of people that just posting one thing a week you're just like people will be yeah. like oh my god you post weekly to linkedin that's crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. that makes sense i think with linkedin that that was my number one for for a bit and then um oh what I realized is I was like, I like LinkedIn and I like writing on it, but then I have to allocate my time well enough. So mm. then, and because I actually write my posts, like I do the research as well. So then I was like, how do I, how do I do this? So the strategy that I think I've gone with now is that I grow my TikTok, but then I can put my TikTok content on LinkedIn and it has the mm. same effect. Oh uh, yeah, nice. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a shortcut. A good, yeah, yeah. And do we definitely the... don't do enough. Sorry, Sorry go, on. go on. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say we definitely don't do enough with our video content for yeah. this pod. We've fallen, we've fallen behind. But the, it, can you already put um, a link into your TikTok account to funnel people somewhere else as well? Can you already do that? Yeah. So if you have like a Bitly or one of those like hmm. um, links, you can you can have multiple links in your bio. But um, I think what I what I realized is that LinkedIn basically people are starting to just post TikTok content on LinkedIn anyway. So I was yeah, like, yeah. it's like 
I might as well kill two birds with one stone. And like, even my Instagram's been growing recently because of mm. my TikToks. So it's like, I was like, let me start at the source and then like kind of go from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good shout. Yeah, we've fallen behind on the clips for this podcast for a few weeks now. We need to get back to it, at least to have, to have them and see, see what we can do. Um, I think uh, yeah, I need an excuse to get like when we when we started doing this, I was like, right, I'm gonna get a microphone, got the microphone, and I was like, now I'm gonna get like a, a YouTube quality camera for the video, and it's like, well, we get like five views on the video, so there's no point doing it. So <laughs> we need the the videos on YouTube need to match the level of listens for the podcast, yeah. and then it allow us to like geek out and buy mm. all this expensive shit. So do you, do you know when you said about? Oh no, I think it was you, yeah, when you said about people doing the watch me work TikTok yeah. streams, I was like, hmm. I might do that this week. I mean, yeah, talk about easy an easy thing to do. Yeah, you should yeah. try. Like even my, my bike rides, like I um I live streamed them, and then um I didn't get that, but I got a few hundred views. But then what I realized is that with live streams, the best hack is that you literally just have a conversation with one person, and then everybody watches that conversation. You know, so live streams actually not that difficult because all you need is one person on it. And have a conversation there and it's even fun because like there was one guy who was on my live and he was like trying to run up the likes and um and he was just telling me yeah i'm, I'm getting the likes it will get more people to watch yours and it's just like that in itself was fun and i'm doing that obviously on a bike ride and stuff so um yeah <laughs> yeah that's how, nice. do you, how do you watch the screen do you put your phone in front of the on 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 the on the bike itself or yeah so like what I'm actually going to do is get the setup even madder because I've got two phones anyway. So what you can do is that you can have dual camera on the live anyway. But what I think I'm going to do is just have, I already got a phone stand on my bike. Then I'm going to have a, another camera synced to the phone and then try and see how that works. Because then you can see like the front view, but then yeah, you can cool. also see myself yeah. talking, which... So, yeah, it's work in progress, isn't it? I'm building a public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's le- there's, there, there, there are levels to this, and this is the next one. <laughs> you guys are doing well. I think that's the thing with podcasts as well. Is like, um, I think it's the most um, valuable way to build an audience. So, because mm. like, when you think about when people actually listen to podcasts, like everyone's probably listening to it now, either on the commute, when they're driving, mm. maybe at home when they're just chilling. Um, maybe yeah. like doing something or traveling. So that's the time when you're usually in your own thoughts or having mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so when you're on a podcast right now, we're actually their thoughts. You know, we're actually having a conversation <laughs> in someone's yeah. brain. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this? Uh, oh, who's who's the comedian? It's like uh, that, that funny clip where it's, it's an, a show or uh, one of those American roasts. And it's uh oh who's doing that? It's like I'm I'm your conscience right now. Have you seen have you seen that one? Oh I don't know. No, I it's not it. it's not Eddie Murphy, but it's um I need to find it. I'll put it out if I'll, I'll put it in the in the show notes. Uh, but it's so funny. It's like yeah. It sounds like it makes someone like think Andrew Schultz or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically that. It's like you're in someone's brain and you're yeah, a little them. some subliminal messaging that they think Thoughts. that. Oh, shit, I thought that. I listened to. Um, I mean, this is going off on a tangent, but I listened to the the most recent Lenny's podcast um, yesterday, yeah. and there's so many times. I, I don't think I've ever had this from 
maybe a video or reading something like you read stuff and you get inspired and you watch stuff and you get inspired when i listen to something it just stays in my in my mind more and yeah. the thing that the guy said it literally influenced something i did at work today like a, a, a strategy we put in place so mm. hopefully having that direct direct to the brain sense you know through the ears is is powerful yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's crazy the power of audio um mm. and i'm and, and like i've obviously one of my goals this year was to just get better at copywriting so i've actually mm. been doing like a lot of like copywriting um and just like um, understanding how to be a better storyteller and it actually mm. helps you in so many ways because i used to get so frustrated because i couldn't articulate my ideas or i'd have so many thoughts running through my mind all day and then mm. I'm not able to actually communicate that to people. So mm. I think by actually learning how to copyright um, will influence every type yeah. of content creation um, that you have. For sure. And you did a, 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 a TED talk this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. part of uh, getting better at storytelling, I guess, right? How, how did that go? Is it all right? Yeah, it went well. Like, I think um, it was actually interesting because for some reason, um, I had a. I can't remember how I got it, but I had a book called How to Do a TED Talk or something like that, that was like in my top drawer. So then um, the way the TED Talk actually came about was that I was, I was on the mountain. I was actually climbing Everest. And then wow. I got a message and it was like, I've been trying to contact you for weeks. Um, we've got this TED Talk. Let me know it's in three weeks. But, but, and I was like, huh? Like, so I messaged my PA. I was like, oh, yeah, just get this one, book it in. And then, um, <laughs> then from then on, I was just like, well, I was in, I was kind of in Nepal and I was just thinking about like, how, how do you, what am I going to say? How do I articulate myself? Yeah. And then, um, I practiced for a bit, practice was on, and then, um, it obviously ended up, uh, happening. And the proudest moment was like my mom and my auntie, I think that, that was oh. good. Because they were able to like, they were just like seeing people come up to me and like, and I, and I didn't know how impactful words could be until after I actually watched that, oh no, after the response, after the TED talk is mm. when I realized. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. crazy. And I didn't know this until this morning and hopefully I've done my research properly, but did you, um, you grew up around Ipswich or you played for Ipswich? You played football oh, like, professionally right from it? Yeah, yeah. So I used to play for Ipswich. I'm from London, but then um, I used to play for Ipswich uh, as a, in the youth team. Are you, are you from Ipswich? Uh, no, I'm not from there. I'm from London, but I moved out. I'm, I live in Colchester now, so not far uh, away from Ipswich. Yeah, yeah, it's around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not far away. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a good, that's an interesting story, man. Like we're getting to the end of the podcast, and we're just talking about career change, <laughs> career changes. <laughs> yeah, the change from a you know football career to running a TikTok agency is an interesting one. Yeah, mm. well, football was my first love, and like I still, I still love it. I like I got ambition. Like I've always said that when I left football, I was like, I want to just come back and buy a club. So like that's yeah, a long term, long term goal. Um, it doesn't matter what tier. Um, to be honest, actually, now nah, being real, I want to buy an Ipswich. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but um, obviously, yeah, that's just uh, yeah, it was my first love, and I still like mm. football. I'm just I'm looking at it from a different um, uh, lens now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can be the next Wrexham. You can own the next Wrexham and yeah. be on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that's, there's massive opportunity, that, but that's what I'm seeing a lot now is the convergence of um, kind of business culture 
on sport, mm. fashion, music. Like there's like this this triangle that I I can I kind of see that everything's yeah. falling under, and where there's gonna be a business or brand um that gets it right and and really like becomes the world's biggest brand when it hits a nail in between in in that in that circle because mm. um or in that triangle someone someone create something that fits all three like like a hand in the glove and mm. i'm just gonna create the most, world's most valuable brand because mm. there is a convergence of all all of them and the football clubs can't get it too right because it's so very like it's like very i wouldn't say it's like conservative i'd say mm-hmm. like in terms of what mm-hmm. you can say compared to like the nba but then the music labels as well they have their vested interests but then the brands as well they're not athletes, so like there's there's something there that I see that can mm. um really be a powerful force for culture, and um but I think yeah. we're 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 very close to getting it not in the form like of yoke as my business, but somebody will get it right um in over the next few years I believe. Yeah, I mean all you got to do is look at something like Red Bull that's kind of tapped into like sport and maybe music a bit and. They haven't necessarily nailed all of them, but it's such a powerful yeah. mix when you get that stuff connected up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the way I see it is that it won't just be powerful in the sense that um, Red Bull, the way that it, if you look at it, it's like the drink itself, the product itself is like, you can't live on Red Bull for the rest of your life, you know? It's like, well, I think the product that it, it, it um, is created will be beneficial to everybody um, mm. in a way that would um like it's going to be something that's going to help people in a healthy way um yeah. more than anything and especially with like if you look at just content creation alone like people can monetize in so many different ways so that's part of the reason why there's this convergence yeah. because like um the digital platforms now are at a stage where they're their own world like mm. um i saw a tiktok yesterday where this girl um this guy was talking about the the tube girl, have you seen her on TikTok? The, no, that makes the tube. Sense. So there's this girl who goes on the tube and she makes these in the real world, they're very cringy TikTok. So she's dancing and that in the middle of a busy tube. Like imagine if you saw someone dancing and stuff yeah. making a TikTok. But then it goes super viral. Like she she even she's been posting this content for a few months now and she walked in London Fashion Week. Yeah, like she's wow. blown up, yeah. Mm. And then the trend has gone now to like the US and and what it was is like the guy was making a point that that actual concept of going on the tube um in in the real world you'd have um you'd be embarrassed to do that. But the the value of going viral and the value of um the digital mm. world is so much more valuable that it over um shadows the embarrassment in the real world. Interesting. Yeah, like yeah, how, yeah. how, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's more powerful than what people in the real life is gonna, is, are gonna think. I've also danced in the tube very late at night in, in my youth, <laughs> uh, not for TikTok, uh, for you know, other reasons. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's either TikTok or alcohol, you know, like one of these, you know, like uh, more powerful than the embarrassment. <laughs> Well, it's it's been it's been great, Jude. Thanks so much for chatting with us. We only got through like two of the things that we wanted to talk about, but it's been it's been a great it's been a great discussion. So thanks a lot. We'll yeah, do this no, again. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, again, I love to speak to you guys again. I think what you guys are doing um is phenomenal. 
uh, it's very much needed refreshing i think you're disrupting an industry that um is is one that is very linear in terms of the way that it's thinking even though we think that um everyone's different but there's a lot of people mm. kind of copying and doing the same stuff and what you guys are doing is refreshing so keep on going thanks, i'll be man. listening and um nice one, man thank stuff. you thanks gd have a good day have a great day guys see you see nice you man. bye, bye.